Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Next Generation's First Generation Shore Leave, where we look at the movies of 1989, 30 years ago this year. We are happy to be here at the Two True Freaks Network with this show. And today we are going to be watching, if you can't tell from the music, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. And since Indy brought his dad along with him, I brought my dad along with me this time. Uh, Tom is back, who we last heard in um, Elementary Dear Data. Thank you. Good to be here. And I don't know if he's our Marcus or our um, Sala or our Elsa, but uh, Sasha (laughs) is our regular co-host. I'm all three, depending on what the weather is outside. I even have a pretty good wig. <laughs> I make a good syndrome, too, by the way. <laughs> All right, so here we go. You said we're reviewing what? Indiana Jones and the Lost Crusade? Yep. Wonderful. Um, so what this is, you can listen along while you're driving the car or walking the dog or going about your day. Or if you really want to geek out, you can watch this with us. So find your DVD. Are you ready? Do you have it? We're going to give you a countdown of 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. So here we go. Five, four, three, two, one. Push play. And here we go. go. Did anybody see this in the movie theater when it came out? I want to say I did, but I was too young to remember if I had. Hmm. It's one of those where the memories are fuzzy. Actually, I'm going to say no, I didn't see this in a theater. But I do remember seeing it at all my friends' houses when it finally hit VHS. Dad, you had a seven-year-old and a four-year-old at home. So I think it was at home. We saw it at home. Yeah. I remember seeing previews for it. It was the first time I became aware that there was such a thing as Indiana Jones. Yeah. Because this was was definitely (coughs) the first Indiana Jones movie I ever saw. Now, they say this was in where? Utah? Yep. Now, this is actually Monument Valley. (laughs) So Which is first, uh, technically Arizona. not in any state because it's uh, Native American-owned land. Part of the Navajo Nation. Yeah. But if you had to give it a geographic coordinate, I think it resides within Arizona, I want to say. Boy, if only I had a cell phone, I could look that up. <laughs> look at that beautiful teetering rock yep. there. <clears throat> Very wily Coyote. And it's 1912, and that was the year my mom was born. Here's the Sierra Nevada in the background. And this already contradicts the show that would come out um, three years, three or four years later, um, Young Indiana Jones, which posited that Indiana Jones was born in 1901, which would, or 1900, I should say, which um, you have River Phoenix in here playing Young Indy in 1912, and he's clearly older than 12 years old. Yeah, yeah I would want to say he's more like a 16-year-old yeah. here. What? He ages fast. You know, there's lots of sagebrush and gravel to eat in the desert. It ages a person. And that's just this idea that you get to be a, a Boy Scout, you know, pre-World War One in this area and get to do this kind of stuff. Whereas, you know, that's there was nothing cool. like this when Boy Scouts existed when I was a kid. I was not a Boy Scout, though. Uh, Sasha, were you? Yes. Well, I wasn't, I wasn't the Cub Scouts, but... I was part of an active troop in the Boy Scouts when I was a teenager in the 90s, 
And you know, we did go out. We didn't rent horses and climb rocks, but we got into our SUVs and drove to Mount Rainier. So I guess this, that's the what they're doing is the equivalent of they got on their horses and they checked out the caves. I want to say that where they filmed with those arches is part of the National Bridges Monument. Um, for anybody keeping track. I could be way off, but it just kind of reminds me of it. Very rare geological foundations. Now we're back on a studio. They're going through a cave. And they're about to stumble upon the bad guy. This is like the classic radio play right here where the Boy Scout finds the criminal. And they need to they need to break up whatever it is they're doing. And that's exactly what they were going for. And people understood that in 1989. They didn't understand that with the Star Wars prequels. These were supposed to be pastiches of the 1940s. And thought everything was hokey. And I, I watched this recently, and there's a lot of stuff I, I look at and go, God, they, I don't think they would have made that choice now just because of what audience reaction would have been. So right here, uh, just watching it, we have no idea these are the good guys or the bad guys or if what they're doing is legal or in illegal. All we know is we see a role model finding treasure and he's going to deliver it to his boss. Yeah. And this kind of goes into a larger conversation of, I mean, if you really want to ruin the movie and say, well, all Indiana Jones was the appropriated cultural artifacts to bring to a museum, which was a very... 1800s mentality of museums so all the great museums they would send teams out and basically carve out treasures and bring them back to the head museum except that you do see that in the movie before this when he's in india even though indians hate that movie he does have an enormous amount of respect for the culture that he is visiting there when he's being given food and oh yeah yeah no he doesn't he doesn't appropriate the culture but what he does is he finds things and returns it to a higher authority. So then the question is, is he no better than the criminals? Or is he just another person in the same trade where, sorry guys, it's just business. He's got our thing. The, the Native American guy really looks, it's not, but it really looks like it's David Strathern oh, makeup. Huh. With those glasses on. So what I don't understand is no good Boy Scout troop would just leave without their, uh, without one of their guys. Loyal horse there comes to the call. John Williams did an excellent job. Oh yeah, my favorite piece of music from this is just about to come up. So, uh, there's a lot of comedy in this, so we see the horse kind of move to avoid. Ah, and they bring up the, the truck. <laughs> so why did these guys not hear the uh, first whistle call of Indy? Here, here it is. I just, I just love this piece of music right here, where he's running up to the train. I wish this had been the theme music for Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Yeah, I remember watching a few episodes of that, Young Indiana Jones. It Was doesn't it? tie into these movies very well at all. It's a yeah. good, it's a good like learn about history type show, and I think it's great for that. And it was great, you know, and because I was a kid when it was on, I was excited that it was called Indiana Jones, and I think it, its success and the budget it had came from calling it that. But it doesn't have the feel of these at all. You sure. think those were real drafts? I don't think they were. 
I know the giraffes kind of had a nice reaction response when yeah, they walked yeah. really were, high. were puppets, probably. Oh, the reptile pit. Yeah. And initially, you saw he had uh, no problem with, with the snake because he threw it at his buddy. <laughs> but later in other ones, yeah. he does. Well, this kind <laughs> of he's gonna fall in. This. All of his origin happens here on the circus train. <laughs> yeah. Circuses are creepy. Now, what kind of snake is that? Yeah. <laughs> a big one. Garter snakes, tons of them. That's funny. They just filled a. Would you Would you go and pay admission to see a uh, a bucket full of garter snakes? Probably In 1912, yeah. <laughs> you probably wouldn't know they were garter yeah. snakes. They could tell you. They could tell you they were anything. You wouldn't have right. any way to look it up. Yeah, but you'd see that snake in your garden while you're <laughs> we going had a, for the potatoes. We had a book when I was a little kid about a train that was very similar to this, where every car had a different weird thing in it. There was a box with a monster in it called a Snorklax or something. Oh, that sounds familiar. It, it unfolded. It's just called the train. Whoa! It's a penis joke! Yeah. Who would have thought? <laughs> He must be feeling horny. Ah, 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 ah. So for those that are not watching, they landed on top of the rhino car, and they're making a lot of noise, and it made the rhino angry. So he was stabbing the ceiling with the, the rhino. Every time they get wherever they're going, wherever they put the rhino is destroyed. <laughs> He's <Yeah>. got it. <laughs> it's not reinforced in any way. Wow, look at that landscape sure did change. Weren't they just in the desert? This is why you don't have long hair. Reminds me of, uh, I don't know if anybody watches Adventure Time, but this reminds me of when Finn finds the dungeon train. Oh god, that's a great episode. And each car has its own challenge and loot. Mm -hmm. But he becomes slave to the dungeon train as as he becomes more and more addicted to the things that he finds in each car. Well, it's just running in a circle, isn't it? Yeah. There's no, there's no, there's no front or back end. So he gets pulled out of the lion tra uh, train car. They're having a conversation over over who owns what. You know, that's a pretty weak excuse. This should belong in a museum. Yeah. I really don't know what I, what I think about that. Well, his dad being a, a teacher might have instilled that in him. True. But kids are all about catchphrases rather than mm. logic. Yeah. So his catchphrase is, I'm going to do the right thing, even if I have to do the wrong thing to, to get it done. Which, you know... That speaks well to the vigilante nature. That's a neat trick. Yeah. I like that. Too bad we didn't learn more about this guy in the hat. Yeah, I don't know if the comics covered it. Actually, I think the comic series was kind of done by the time uh, Last Crusade Ships came out. I want to say the comics were only in reaction to um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Well, it's fortunate, though, the train was going the same direction he was heading. I know. 
There goes Indiana. Yeah. Actually, his name's not Indiana, but... No, Dad, you Junior. Talk to me in Greek, son. <laughs> what kind of... What kind of... Family is this? Raised by an academic. This 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 uh, this other Boy Scout, I think he was in a movie that was on PBS called uh, Good Old Boys, and you know in that he also played the fat character. But I feel like there's a there's a demo reel of him somewhere where it's just him trying to find a toilet and not not succeeding. He reminds me something out of one of those old. Uh, Norman Rockwell paintings. Oh yeah, you know, with the big rosy <laughs> cheeks and the sweaty face. And... Yeah. There's the sheriff. And this is, you know, it's 1912. It's still like the Wild West. It's who had, who has the money to tell the sheriff, you know, who it belongs to. Yeah. And they're just working for, uh, you know, the man in the white suit out there. You know, that suit's pretty clean for driving down a dusty right. road. Because <clears throat> if you remember, he was in the car tailing the train. <laughs> you see how that guy looks like David Strathern? Yeah. <laughs> so there's some admiration there. He gives him the hat. This is the only hat he'll ever own. Yeah, the rest of his the hat. Used the... <laughs> it's a good hat. I love knuckle sandwiches. Can I have more? Now we're at 1938. Europe is at war, but America is not in it yet. Yeah, they're on a merchant ship. You've got your two hired goons in the black and white shirts. They might be Parisians, we don't know. Too small for two of us. This is the second time I've had to claim my property <laughs> from you. This belongs in a museum. So do you! Yeah. <laughs> oh, movie's over, folks. Yeah. <laughs> this is a this is a really great set, though. Uh, kind of a small ship. Yeah, just on on tumblers here with water pouring over the side. No no CGI needed. It's a very minimalistic set. <clears throat> You know, this is one of those storms where you shouldn't be on deck. No. Like, why Why can't they just throw them over the side when the storm calms down a little bit? That's the problem, is like that, that lure of danger. Like, I've been, I've been on the deck of a ship and a really, not one where waves were coming up, but where it was super windy and I probably shouldn't have been out there. And it was yeah. just, it, it's still just, it feels amazing to do it. Oh yeah, it's a rush. What does that say? Explosives yep. on those boxes? TNT. Good thing they've got a tarp covering yeah, that's it. That's right. They'll keep. Now it's away. funny. They don't. They always want to credit, you know, 1940s serials and um, James Bond for coming up with what what the look of Indiana Jones was, but not uh, not ever Tintin. Yeah. yeah. And that feels very Tintin to me. Of course, very Spielberg Tintin. would go on to make a Tintin movie, but yeah. The, the one that just came out about five or six years yep. ago, right? That one was pretty good. What I don't understand is, watching this as a kid, why would you jump off a perfectly good ship in the middle of the ocean? And that was before we knew it exploded. The shorthand 
for this guy drowned, his hat's floating on the water. Yes. Oh. Well, I'm more interested in the debris rip right where the skull would be. I love <laughs> this bi- the bike rack there in front of his classroom. Something really modern. Yeah. So he's an archaeologist? He's an archaeologist and a teacher. But so I wonder... Where does he have time to, to do this? Summer, you know. Here's uh, Denholm Elliott as uh, Marcus Brody. One of the greatest voices of anybody in film. I love what he sounds like. What is this character's name? Marcus Brody. I wouldn't mind being a Marcus Brody. Confused. Is this the I Love You scene? Did we just miss that? No, that was in um, Raiders. Uh, He's doing his class. The girl's got I Love You on her. Right. So, interestingly, they're now releasing DVDs that call that movie Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Which is, the, the name of the film was just Raiders of the Lost Ark. Ah. Probably for branding. Movie. Yeah. Twenty-six years he's waited to get that back. Yeah. Never slept an iota until he got it back. <laughs> that's right. <clears throat> he's now forty-three if that's the age we're following the chronology yeah. of the age. <clears throat> Which means this this Indiana Jones movie that is coming out in twenty twenty supposedly. By that t- by that timeline it will be nineteen seventy oh in the gosh. Indiana Jones universe. <laughs> so I never understood why all these angry all these angry students were there because the teacher wasn't doing their job as a kid. I was like, this is great. I want a teacher who just talks all day and doesn't grade any papers. Right. And now I be, had gone, gone through been, college and, and knowing those dipshit teachers, I'm just like, I would hate this guy. <laughs> and he probably is a really harsh grader because he's, you know, when you, when you do that, you're... The oversight is just, I notice you're giving out a lot of A's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why is that? They can't all be A students. I love how he has all these really valuable antiques in a boiler room. Yep. And <laughs> a very unsecured window right there. <clears throat> My brain keeps coming back to a, a line, suspend disbelief as you watch this show. It's very important. Yes. I, I feel like audiences are, yeah. are less able to do that now than right. they were in 1989. Yeah. Really important. What? Yeah. Do you think about all these kids biking all over the um, Princeton campus at that time? I can believe that. Yeah. Well, cars were cars are a big thing. They always have been. Only only now in the last thirty years does everybody have a car. Yeah. But we're in the city, and now you can rent a car, rather, like a zip car. And now we're in a very James Bond situation. Oh, yeah. The villain has come in, and he's got his very well-appointed office that... See, now, I never saw him as the villain until there was a turn halfway through the movie. I still don't see him as the villain right here. No, neither did I. There's there's nothing that portrays him. Uh, what Now, what's his name? Mr. Uh, Donovan. Donovan? Donovan? Yeah. Beautiful uh, model work right there. It looks like sandstone, too. I had, for a long time, the uh, George Lucas Archives book that came out in 
1998 that showed how they made all these props. I like how they actually built a cityscape in the back. It wasn't just a print. Yep. That's a beautiful set. I'm not, I'm not sure what city that's supposed to be, though. I think we're still at somewhere in uh, New Jersey, I'm assuming. Oh, well, no wonder it's evil. They're, up in, uh, <laughs> They're in New, New Jersey. Jersey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's like, yeah, I got a little place overlooking Weehawken. Yeah. Is this is this Newark we're talking about? Yeah. So they're decoding this sandstone, sandstone tablet. Beautiful chandelier. Reminds oh, I think that's of... Princeton out the window. The Princeton? School. Yeah. Uh, that's where he teaches, is Princeton University. Right, but why would oh, he get stopped by four guys to be brought a, a block away? No, yeah. there's there's a big city back there. I mean, yeah, those, those, are, just, those are hotels in the... Uh, So this, this guy's got a personal collection in the back. I see a Buddha, an old book that's well lit. Very Art Nouveau. I mean, they put a lot of time and attention to the era, authenticity. And that's, I mean, that's the other kind of unfortunate thing about um, Indiana, you know, distinguishing Indiana Jones from being a hero or a villain is that the Nazis had it in mind to, you know, once they pillaged those treasures, they would be there for people to look at. It wouldn't have been, you know, hidden in some vault. I mean, I mean you could have walked right. around and, and seen all of that. It was just been like, you know, and these, the people that believed in this were not strong enough to survive, you know, what we wanted to do, and this is all that's left. I'm willing to propose that Indiana Jones and Donovan are cut from the same cloth. Yep, the player on the the player on the other side is yeah, kind of what Donovan is. They're they're equals. The only difference is is that Donovan doesn't seem to have a preference on who he's playing for, where Jones does. Right, it's a money thing. And and you know, in the eighties, it was well. At any time, it's easy to say Nazis are bad. They're like the universal bad guy. And by no ways am I going to go into saying if they were good. They obviously weren't. It's an it's an easy enemy. I think what it would have made this more interesting if instead of Nazis it was a mob or um, or some kind of religious sect, kind of like they had in Temple of Doom. But the Nazi the Nazis are very personal to Steven Spielberg. Are he's they? figuring it out and you know, he uh -huh. did um, why is that Raiders well he had family that died in the Holocaust oh okay um, so you had Raiders of Lost Ark you have this and then um, six years later it's time for um, Schindler's List you know, yeah he did which is his that. last you know, his last word on that yeah okay so that makes sense and it's very much a Indiana Jones is one of those series where you don't have to question what's right or wrong you just know unless they want to do a quick bait and switch well just like you were saying earlier before we started recording about you know what the parallel to star wars is is there's good and there's bad there's no gray line in there yeah i mean even george lucas goes you knew darth vader was bad because he was the guy in the black costume and luke is good because he's wearing a white robe yeah, that's right <laughs> that's a very interesting color there how it's yeah, but flopping we're gonna, out over his bow tie. But we're gonna see when um, the Templars show up in this movie. They're very much coded to be villains. Yeah, they're but really they're not. You're supposed to think they're, they're, right. you're supposed to think they're, they're, really they're bad, bad guys. guys. Yeah. 
I love the shadow from that plant. It's great. You already have. Your father is the man who just... So what they've... Ex we kind of talked over the intro conversation is that we sent a specialist to look for clues in Venice. The person we sent was your dad, and he's missing. Now, Jones doesn't really get along with his dad, as we saw in uh, the opening. Uh, his dad had zero interest in what he found... Uh, and just said, hey, talking Greek. And now he goes to his house, and there it has been searched. Yeah, this isn't the house that they were living in in Utah, though. Yeah, this is a different house. Which you will see again in the movie um, Polar Express. See a train run right by it. Wait, what? Say yeah. that again? Yeah, in Polar Express. Yeah. As they're going th through, um, they pass right past Henry Jones's house. Is that a, is that deliberate? Yeah. Wow, I'll have to go back and watch. Yeah. Huh. I just opened somebody else's mail. Yeah. It's a federal crime. Oh, I saw an error in the film. What? There's a piece of junk mail in there with a little plastic clear viewfinder in the envelope. No way. That wouldn't have existed no back have. then. No plastic in the mail. I mean, plastic didn't become mainstream until, until after uh, D-Day. William Daniels told uh, yeah. Jet, um, what's his name? I've got his the graduate, Dustin Hoffman, <laughs> to invest in plastics. <laughs> <laughs> so what what works so well with the music right here is they use the music to lull the participant, the viewer, to have romantic, mysterious feelings about what's going on with the dad. So he's kind of in a Almost in a sacred place. You've got these these paintings up there and stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> See, and I don't I don't agree with that that statement that the search for the cup of Christ is the search for the divine in all of us. Because what it, it what it is was it was the um, it's a tra it's a transcendence thing. But the, what the Arthur's knights believed that that was was that. You were, if you could, if you could drink out of that cup or even touch that cup, you were perfect, and you got to basically just walk up to heaven, walk up to heaven, and you were done. Oh, okay. that's the end. Of, that's the end of your life. It was an express it. ticket. And yeah, but it's but when you see, you know, the guy crumble the dust and everything, yeah, that's 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 a big part of it. The, the unworthiness. I, I love the maps in these. Oh, uh, me too. Where they go across, they show up really well and make for a kind of a fun adventure is going to happen. Oh yeah. There they're going to ice And how great of an airplane he's in where there's all this room and you get you know yep, service and that it can stop fly the over the uh, that it can fly over the Atlantic like that from yeah New Jersey to Spain that was, must have been a hell of an expensive ticket. Yeah. Well back then it was really unheard of to have global tra travel. <laughs> but you and wonder if, you wonder if Princeton paid for it. Or yeah. they had to pay out of their own money. Uh, no, Donovan paid for it. Ah, that's oh, right. And there's our guest commentator, yeah. Peter, uh, fire station number 15 from the Seattle <laughs> Fire Department. Coming through. It's because this scene's on fire. <laughs> and there's, there's our seductive blonde. I'm not a blonde guy. What's her name? Dodie something? Duty or Dodie? 
Do you want to build a snowman? (laughs) Do you want to find the grail? Come on, let's go and drink from the cup. We'll live forever and have so much fun. We can be best buddies until we're not. Oh crap, here come the Nazis. (laughs) Do you want to drink from the grail? (laughs) Oh, wait, what? (laughs) Yeah. So, I don't know if you knew this, but Venice uh, is a, is a uh, canal city, which everybody knows. Uh, they're, f- they're having some problems right now with the uh, water level going up and down. Uh, and what really, the question I had as a child uh, in, these, in these scenes here is that as soon as you go in the basement of this building, wouldn't you have to worry about flooding? Yeah, but the, the sub the do. They do. The sub floor underneath yeah. is all flooded. So. But they probably don't. They're probably not even thinking about it. But it, it's. Is it just. Is it just. Isn't just water, though, is it? It's also got. Petroleum. Petroleum. Down there, yeah. yeah. From what, though? Yeah. That's what I don't get. Yeah. Like, who fills a catacomb full of ethanol? Right. <laughs> don't light the match. Now, this is one of the most fun scenes in this movie. We're just going to find all the the numbers. I want to know who made that window. So when I was a kid, I thought they just copied a window they found somewhere. They, they didn't make the window. I want to say they recreated a bombed out um, church from the war. That this didn't exist anymore in 1989. Well, we're still in a set. We're not in a church. No. This is... Yeah. This is not the inside of the building we saw that they walked into. Somewhere in the library, you say yourself it used to be a church. Three. 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 Seven. 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 Ten. 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 No smoking sign. Yeah. Get this here. <laughs> yeah, so they're they're matching up the clues, the environmental clues from the windows to the columns. But even by looking down, they couldn't see the, the number they need to see. No. They well, had to go up higher. They had to make that was, big... Go ahead. Well, it was the big... It was really large. You would think... See, he's looking down right now. And he kind of sees something. Yeah. Well, I don't understand why Elsa and Brody are looking at the freaking book <laughs> yeah. stacks. I'm like, you got to keep in mind, those yeah. were only put in maybe about 100 years ago. Kind of to move us off to the side a little bit so he can... And this is the big X never marks the spot payoff after he told his class that uh, treasure hunting. X marks the spot. So why those numbers? That's what I want to know. Yeah. They did, they did a terrible job making this X look like an X here in the scene. You can barely see it. Yeah, I wonder what he thought it looked like from where he was just standing there versus when he went up higher. Oh, this gave me the giggles when I was yeah. a little boy. I was like, what's Einstein doing working in a library? <laughs> Bam! Huh? <laughs> there is something wrong with this stamp. What the heck? Okay, we'll try this one more time. You are... Another great, you know, suspension of disbelief that I don't know that people would do. Like, well, didn't he feel the floor vibrate? <laughs> Oh yeah, so the, the X is it's yeah. invisible God. from the floor. Yeah, 
That's oh, that's supposed to explain that to me now. It's can't see it from the floor or from the ground. Yeah. Well, okay. Suspension of disbelief. Just, <laughs> just, just let it happen, I mean, man. <laughs> I believe it now. <laughs> oh, of course they're catacombs. Yeah. They build everything over graves. Ah <laughs> oh, man. Well, what I don't understand is they took so much time building these catacombs and they just throw the bodies in. Right. It's like, come Not on, much, you yeah, think you'd organize them a little yeah. better. I'm so glad nobody's getting fussy about how trashed their clothes are going to get. Or even how messed up it is to go in here. They're still able to find what they're looking for. I mean, the air, you'd, you'd want to have a respirator on. It would be... Right. Black mold, okay. guys. Yeah. We can't do this in here. Right. And there's a, uh, there's a reference to the next movie coming up. Where they the show the Holy Grail. Yeah. Well, they show uh, the Ark of the Covenant. Oh, did I say Holy Grail? My yeah. Ark of the the Lost Ark. That's the next one, right? No, this was the last of oh, the original the last three. One? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, they come. They didn't do another one for um, nineteen years. I like these guys, but they didn't. They didn't really explain themselves more. Well, they're the they're the Templars. They're the descendants of. Uh, what is a Templar? It's an organization that that it, that you know kind of protects the Grail holy objects. What's this one? They show up in a lot of science fi- or kind of fantasy stories. I thought they were like lodges where old guys played canasta. <laughs> well, they're they're that too. <laughs> they're a little bit like the Masons. Masons, yeah. So they're in this tomb or catacomb. Looking for a way. Just oh, there's the X again. Use your, use your bare hand. The X disappeared up above, but it showed up again down below. Ugh. I'm seeing some a, transference here. Use a here. stick or a... Ouch! Use a stick or a rib bone or something to <laughs> clear that away. So here we are, and it's not water. Oh. Yeah, it's petroleum. Huh. Yeah, right? But, uh, we'll but just... oil doesn't naturally distill like that. No. And the fumes of it would just knock them out. So I love how it's all petroleum, right? And they're gonna they make this torch. Yep. He lights it, and every now and then you'll see little chunks just dropping down. Right. And you think, well, that just blows the whole thing. There's so much of it. It probably doesn't. That would, it would it would take more fire than that to ignite all of it. Yeah. Oh, it's there's. The there's our fear orgy right yeah. there. It's that it's that line about where people are like, oh my god, it would be like dropping a match in a pool of gasoline. Which <laughs> wouldn't do anything because that match is not hot enough <laughs> to make gasoline burn. Oh, I don't know. I have a lot of fun with uh, cocktails when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, so here, here's the, the thing. When I, a long time ago they made they did one of those making of special effects film films. And they talked about the scene with the rats, and they prided themselves that not one single rat was killed. Huh. This is during the ASPCA movement was uh, full in force, remember? Oh, they still are. Oh, yeah. Well, Jesus, you remember that, um, oh, that poor rat just got squished. No, they're shoving him out on door. <laughs> <laughs> What's your job? I'm Rat Shriver number three. That's right. That's like everybody that was like a known actress at the time was like, okay, so we're going to throw rats on you and you're going to have to, and like, no, 
No, I do want to work with Spielberg, but no, we're not going to do that. Well, you know, the female leads in these movies are targets for, you know, modern feminism. And it's, it's they play these feminized roles of, of the, the woman who's afraid of everything. And, and that, that's a very real issue. They, they don't always portray these, these women as strong characters. Would would petroleum corrode over hundreds of years of things? I, I don't know. You know, I, I just really wonder if you've been sitting in petroleum, or the smell of it degrade around you. Well, you have methane in mines. <laughs> Here, hold this. Put it in the water. <laughs> Now, Elsa's about to betray, betray something right here. So she knew uh, Jones's dad. Right. They worked together. Just like your father. Why didn't he? Why? Why? What did? What was she doing where he was so excited? Yeah. No, I think they said when they, he got there that they worked to, that they worked yeah. together. Okay. Here we go with the hurricane. No, he's only doing a match. Yeah. Now this guy's a thinker. Yeah, I don't need to chase them. Let's let's have uh, physics do the work for me. I think you would need to hold it to. Well, the fumes alone would ignite. Yeah. So the the bigger concern here is not burning to death or drowning, but it's, all of the oxygen being sucked out of there. That's right. So they're gonna get in a cement tomb. Underwater and survive, and that and it floats. That's right. That's the amazing. Just like uh, just like how he survived that nuclear blast by getting into a refrigerator. That's right. And opening his eyes in kerosene. Great. Can't yeah. <laughs> That's some clean water right there. All these rats, they wanna, they don't wanna burn. Save the lady. This is a great scene right here. Another comic. Oh, Venice. You know, when I was in Germany, I had an opportunity to go to a street cafe like this. It was absolutely wonderful. Nice. I kind of was expecting a kind of crawl out of the the sewer. I was looking at my uncle. I'm like, hey, uh, you thinking what I'm thinking? What? Indy. You could show up right now. <laughs> well, the, their smell must be unbelievable. I know. Oh. Oh. Just throw a match at them. I love these boats. Yeah. This is great. Real classic. There, there's a name to this style of boat. Yeah, there is. I don't remember. I want to say it it's is. Chris Craft, but that was the guy that made them, I think. Sure. So the Templars are jumping into these random boats. And here's kind of an attack. Italian concertina version of the song that was playing when he ran up to the train. Ah, uh, yeah, that's right. Where they filmed this is really, they did a great job of finding era realistic places to film. Because this is before they could just edit out a modern skyscraper. They had to find areas that actually looked like 1938 XYZ. 
Well, but the, and what's what's convenient is that they still were using a lot of those tankers that made it through the war. Yeah, they just I cleaned, mean, cleaned the graffiti years. off of them, yeah. Yeah, 40 years. You said go between them! <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you're gonna die. So what I find interesting is that all these guys are getting killed, and they're actually the good guys. Yeah, right. Which which tells me that your your intention kind of blurs the line between good and evil. Oh, there we go. Finally, some firepower. But they're willing to die for this, yeah. gra uh, you know, for this, for this Grail quest. And you think that gun that he was shooting with is normally a gun that you would mount on something, not hold under the crook of your arm? It looked a little uncomfortable. Suspend your disbelief, Patrick. <laughs> this scene is great. Oh, I know how the boat breaks oh, apart. Just... Family died. Family Guy did a great trope on this scene. This is one of those where he's so he is so consumed with beating this guy that he doesn't realize that he's going to die. Similar to the plane when he was fighting the guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's what you know when the second one of these was not particularly successful, at least with critics. They just was like, well, there's nothing broken about this. Just put all the same beats into a different movie. Yeah. Here we go. It's yours. True believer. There. Well, that's the one thing about faith. I'm not a I'm not a religious guy at all, but I understand the power of faith. And the power of faith lets you overcome fears that you normally would have of self-doubt. Because you did not buy our monthly cheese subscription. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are a hard man to track down. <laughs> That's kind of a cool tattoo right there. That's a brand, not a tattoo. Yeah. yeah. Oh, look, you brought back one of the four boats we let out to you. Yeah. That you they stole. Yeah. Is it for his glory? So I want to know how these these guys all had an opportunity to dress up in uniform before they met up uh, with Dr. Jones. This guy is unusually helpful. He is. Especially since the gal sitting next to him knows all this, too. That's, uh, that's the question that he asked him, though. What do you seek that? Are you seeking it for... Christ's glory or yours. That's an awfully dry piece of paper for everything they've went, been through. So they're back at the apartment. They're trying to figure out what's going on. Another beautifully decadent apartment. Oh, yeah. Many showers probably to get rid of the smell of petroleum. <laughs> right. In the in the Grail legend, from the story of um, Percival. He goes to the castle of the Grail King, and they said that there's one question you have to ask to, uh, in order to heal the king. And the question is, who does the Grail serve? Sir. 
Oh, Big question. I so have all these King Arthur and the Holy Grail quotes running through my mind from from uh, Monty Python. Yeah. Except where to begin? The name of the city. Well, don't you know? It's Alexandra. <laughs> now, how do you get that name? I missed that part. How did they? Oh, it was the name on the city. Uh, not on the city. It was on the shield. Yeah. Well, she had a wild party. It's oh, all yeah. her room is tossed. Stuff everywhere. Now Venice is in Italy, so this is at the time of what's the what was the name of that dictator? Mussolini. Mussolini. Okay. I'm surprised she's listening to jazz. Yeah. That's a pretty progressive thing to be doing in Europe at this time. Throw them off the scent, though. Oh, okay. What were they looking for? But at this at this point in the history of Nazism, you could pretty much do what you wanted to as long as you were serving the goals. And then they went after all the people that you know were doing what they wanted to that were not doing specifically what Hitler wanted. Just kind of went out and purged all of them. Wow. It's an easy, easy, easy way to tell who might not be loyal. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you could listen to jazz if you want to. Oh, they're still listening to jazz. No. Get them. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Why is she angry? I'm confused. Yeah. Because she had the she had the diary and was keeping secrets. Yeah. And this is this falls into Harrison Ford was the master of um, pretty much almost being raped with. Uh, with women just grabbing them and throwing them down. This Blade Runner. Yeah. Well, there's like two more big ones. I can't think of what they are. I don't like fast women. He's he's trying to figure out what is going on in this scene. And here's my here's my big one is his reaction to this. He kisses her, looks at the camera. Ah, Venice. <laughs> I don't think they do that now. <laughs> no, probably not. Oh, now we're driving into the Italian Alps. Beautiful alpine. 7,000, 5,000 feet range there. All I know this guys did do a lot of backpacking. Beautiful castle. Could have spent a little more time. And they have tapestries! Love this, yeah. And if you are a professor, I am Mickey Mouse! Yeah. Or something like that. Nice knockers. Yeah. It kind of goes... That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> what? Oh, jeez. The staircase this is treacherous <laughs> at night. Oh, a Scottish lord. Yeah. That's right. Ach, ach. <laughs> Look at the schnoz on this guy. Reminds yeah. me of a vulture. Yeah. 
It kills me. I'm a German and I don't have an accent. I so want to hone that. And we have many. And your mom has a little bit of an accent. Oh, yeah, she does. How dare he! Smack! And down you go. Is that a Slytherin tapestry in the background? Yeah. Look at that. No. And here's the reveal, the betrayal. Nazis. I hate, I hate these, these guys. guys. <laughs> here's a, a map, a planning map of a war room. I don't understand why it's a war room in a neutral castle. That's a little strange. They don't show her reaction at all. No, because that would. Uh, she's young. She she's young enough that like. She wouldn't be able to swallow her bile that he said that about the Nazis. You think? Yeah. I don't know. You have to lie, learn to lie. I think she's yeah. good at lying. Right now, all she... If you I, were love their, I love their notice board over there. It looks like you're in a German uh, restaurant. And, <laughs> in the menus right there. Yeah. Yeah. So, if you were Elsa... All you'd have to do is find a way to get captured so they gain possession of the diary. That's all they really want. Because right. they're prepared to send their own expedition. At this point, they don't need the Jones guys for anything other than how to get to where they need to go. Well, that's... Uh, people have made all these videos about Raiders of the Lost Ark is that that story would have played out exactly the same way without Indiana Jones there at all. You think... Huh, yeah. Because they get in the ark and they open it up and the everything the creatures in the ark destroy them. And then so it closes back Yeah, up. and then it didn't, didn't need to do anything. <laughs> well, no, all he had to do was survive. Yeah. Junior! <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Junior. So, Indiana Jones was my first introduction to Sean Connery. And even though I watched several James Bond movies when I was five, six, seven, eight, nine years old at my uncle's house, I didn't make connection that that was the same actor. Ah. Yeah, I had definitely seen Darby O'Gill and the Little People before this, and I, I didn't make connection it was the same actor either. Well, because there's uh, children have a hard time with time displacement, mm -hmm. and so I'm like, well, he's an old guy, and that guy's a young guy, and, and of course, when you're young, you think everything that you see just recently came out. No. <laughs> I love how throwing the vase there alerts them to an intruder but not crashing through the window. Right. Yep. Very astute line. What's that? The, that the Nazis just come in through the door. Mm. Well, one of the big problems with casting Sean Connery is that they did not want they did not want the father to be a dominant male lead. That they had to make him kind of a dim-witted guy because we didn't want to steal that light from Indiana. But he's still in charge. He's still they totally still in charge. still in charge. Yeah. And so when he broke through the window and he said, Junior, and then he responded, Yes, sir. They said this on the commentary earlier. It's like they needed to set that paradynamic that even though he's a bumbling oaf, he's he calls the shots. <laughs> That's sad because Connery's career really only went downhill from here. Really? This is the peak, yeah. Huh. After this, you have... Uh, uh, Hunt for October. Oh, yeah, that's a big one. That's the next year, which we'll probably cover. 
But then um, Rising Sun, Medicine Man. He was great in Jeopardy. Oh, the one with uh, Catherine <laughs> Zeta-Jones. I'm joking. Okay. <laughs> it's a it's a Saturday Night Live skit. Oh yeah, I was thinking of that. I thought that movie with Catherine Zeta-Jones, um, where they're where they're cat burglars, that, that was oh, called right. Jeopardy. Also, no. A lot of woodwork in this castle. Well, that's how you know it's German, Sasha. Yeah. <laughs> As I always like to. To think about it, the reason why woodworking and clocks are so uh, ornate from Bavarian nations is because there's nothing else to do when you have 10 months of winter. <laughs> well, I should say 10 months, but more like six to four to six. You think my son would be stupid bring my They've just got so many, so many jokes. So here's the father chewing out his son at gunpoint. <laughs> oh man, here comes the temper tantrum. Who's going to save you, Junior? Yeah, he swore. German swearing. Oh man. He just killed a whole bunch of people. Even though we're not at war with the Nazis, it still feels alright to shoot them. Yep. But on the flip side, you've got three, these three guys who probably got drafted into the system, and next thing you know, they're getting shot at by the not archaeologists. In, not in those uniforms, they weren't drafted. Oh, they got those little lightning bolts on their collars, yeah, then yes. They, they, that yeah, was they, a, they knew exactly what they were they were signing up for. So when, uh, when I went to my hometown, Darmstadt, Germany, they have a memorial there for the, for the draft dodgers of World War II. Uh, and it was uh, very interesting. So there was a very large anti-war movement in Germany where men would choose not to participate in the war. And guess what? They were executed. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't have a choice. And that was kind of the... So it's nice to see a memorial to that, is that, you know, people are people. But that, fe that feeling existed in the United States, too. I mean, there was such a level of patriotism that if you opted out I mean you were you were just scum mm -hmm. That's right. you might as well be dead so we've just revealed that Elsa is working for them uh, it came down to a bad guy good guy showdown with some guns and Elsa broke the balance by taking the book and siding with the uh, the Nazi and Oh, this guy's a creeper. How do you know she was a Nazi? She talks in her sleep. How do you know that you got sloppy seconds to your dad? I didn't trust him. Why did you? Because he didn't take my advice. And again, why did Donovan come all the way out? Yep. I don't understand. Would you... I love that he's got to sit in a chair with his back to him yeah. and then get up and turn around. It's perfect. It's an emperor move. Yeah. That's what they did in Star Wars. Good. Good. Let the hate flow through you. Dr. Snyder. 
So they tore some pages out of this book. And again, I have to ask the question, why did they even bring the Jones out here if all they needed was the name of the city? You got to give some credit to the makeup and costume department on Elsa that when she starts out, she looks very, you know, naturalistic. And then, like, just as they get into this castle, she's all tightened up and in a very German yeah. <laughs> style uniform. Yeah. That happens so fast. Well, there's a code of conduct to follow, I guess. Yeah. I like how she's wearing a vest, though. That's neat. It's a vest dress. I love this. <laughs> He's got friends in every town and village. He speaks a dozen languages. He knows every local custom. He'll blend in, disappear. You'll never see him again with any luck. He's got the grail already. And turn to a confused guy walking through the... <laughs> with a bit of, like, a, a chicken wing or something or a feather on his face. Yeah. Right. <sighs> Marcus Brody. I don't understand how those two know each other. I'm confused. That's a gimmick. Well, from... well, they just said he no- he does know all these people in the region. Yeah, but he also called him to say they were coming there too. Yeah, he did he tell. Told, him. Yeah. He told him to call. Him. So what's the actor, the guy in the red cap here? Uh, Jonathan Reese davies And he's also Gimli from Lord of the Rings, yeah. right? And he narrates um, at Disneyland. The lines are really long, so they've got to entertain you on the line. So he does a whole spiel. He has a video, there's a video of him doing a whole spiel about what the ride's going to be like and what the adventure you're on is going to be. Is he in character? Oh, yeah. He does it? Yep. Oh, that's great. <laughs> That's great. I love that they send, like, the most Nazi-looking Nazi to get him to. Yeah. Well, back then, they had, uh, they had, uh, local influence all throughout the Middle East. They could have sent a local squad, and they would have... But then, for storytelling, you wouldn't be able to tell they were Nazis. I mean, here, they had to make it really clear. Look. (laughs) They just loaded him in a truck and carted him away. The sound of disappointment. Which again, the exact same thing that happened to Karen Allen and Raiders of the Lost Ark, which you get in the basket. Right. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> you think they're copying themes? Yeah, they knew they knew it worked the first time. They can do it again in the third movie. This is one of the few trilogies where it gets better after each incarnation. Oh, I agree. Was uh was it a Spielberg Lucas uh, combo for the previous two? Yep, and for the most recent one too. Wow, really? Yep. That was um, Lucas's last big uh, film hurrah, and then he went on to work on the Clone Wars TV show. That's a really strange column right there. Reminds me of the. Uh, of the Harry Potter, the Muggle statue holding yeah. up the wizards. Well, that was supposed to be reminiscent of fascism, though. The idea that all of the magical creatures support <laughs> mm. the wizards. That's just funny. 
Oh, well, there we go. Good job, son. Elsa's kissing Jones for some reason. I think German girls taste better than any other girls. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. I hope he brushed his teeth. Yeah, no kidding. This is a great line coming up, and this is how we say goodbye in Germany. <laughs> Punch in the face. Nobody must really say goodbye to him then. Yeah. Because his face is looking pretty clean. <laughs> there is an old saying, I left my bag in Berlin, so you keep on going back. It just doesn't look like those ropes are going to really hold them all that much. Yeah, all they have to do is raise their shoulders. Right. Works, well for, works well for physical acting, though. So you can you know, execute that guy punching him and have him knock his dad in the head. Oh, this just looks painful. He's about to burn his hand. Fire goes up. <laughs> And how Great this, lighter, though. And how this rug catches on fire just is really bizarre. <laughs> Suspend your disbelief, folks. He's breathing so hard. He's fanning the flames. They, that's where the guy dropped his peppermint schnapps the night before right. the alcohol hadn't yeah. uh, dissipated. Dust is really flammable, though. And the chair. So now they have to hop. It's a great scene. How are they going to get out of this one? There's the lighting of the eyes. I'm surprised they didn't put blinds in the back of those cars. <laughs> and this almost sounds more like Star Wars than Indiana Jones music right now. Yeah. More importantly, we have the map. This guy gets a lot of telegrams. By the personal command of a pure secrecy essential to success, so, what do you know about Germany has declared war on the Jones boys? There we go. What do we know about Hitler's obsession with the occult? Is that a, uh, is that a, a, a uh, what you would call it, um, just an urban legend, or was that a real thing? I, here, I don't this, know is, this is my, this is totally a guess. It was something that he was interested in, just like Kennedy read the book um, from Russia with Love, and so everybody was like, "Oh, Kennedy, John F. Kennedy loved James Bond." Oh, I got you. That's such a tribute to him. So they can make these shows like you know the occult history of the Nazis, you know, based on yeah, there is some association there, but now we can extrapolate anything we want because that. Well, the only reason is because that's kind of the the plot driver and. This film and the previous film was, you know, he wants these supernatural weapons to to take advantage of uh, of the war of the war. I think that there would have just been a big building in in Berlin just full of stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And I think I don't honestly, you know, the 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 Nazi way of thinking. What he would have thought you would be able to do was not. You know, destroy all of the armies that came in front of you. It'd be like, you know, this is this thing that the Jews believed was so powerful. Look, I'm gonna put my hand on it and I'm gonna spit polish it, and nothing happens to me. Ah, uh, 
So he wanted to kind of change the disbelief. Ha! There we go. Sorry, these guys are trying to get out of the burning room. Lock him in. Put the candle back. <laughs> this whole chase scene is great. It seems as though they... Though if you look at the geography from where this chase scene starts, so at this castle in the Bavarian Alps, Austrian Alps, they make it all the way down to the sea, which looks like uh, the Mediterranean is what I'm thinking. That's a long, long drive. That's about 80 or 90 miles, I would imagine. Was Bavaria still a country at this point? Well, Bavaria is more of a region. So it was Germany, okay. and then it was Austria. And actually, before World War One, you had uh, you had Bismarck, and his job was to reunite all the kingdoms. Well, when they get to the sea, they take a, a zeppelin to the sea. Do they? They're on, yeah, they're on a river here. Yeah, they're no. In the when river. they get when they're on the when they're on the coast, it's because they jumped out of that zeppelin. Uh, no, it's where the you'll see it. It's the end of the scene where he uses the umbrella to kick up all the seagulls. So that's down by the sea. I thought that was after the Zeppelin chase. Oh, that's all right. Oh, everybody get in the boat. Now, had he just waited another minute? That's a Hogan <laughs> hero trope right there. Oh, I know. <laughs> Father is not impressed. You've killed six people today, yeah, right. but you didn't talk to me in Greek. <laughs> much gear on these motorcycles. Yep. <sighs> well, the, the big part of uh, being a Nazi was presentation. I think they filmed this in California. Really? This scene right here, yeah. I'm not sure, but it, it feels very... They were kind of litigious about actually filming where the, where the stuff was supposed to have taken place. Were they? Yeah. I, see, I don't know. Here's the border crossing. These guys must have had so much fun right, shooting these scenes, riding the bikes. Hey, stop! That's our fans. There's some time dilation here. I Good old King Arthur reference there. <laughs> With the jousting. See, and he tries to do what Indy did to the guy with the sword in uh, Raiders, where he was going to just shoot him. Yeah. Indy was too quick. The the tiny little border posts also make me think of Tintin. Yes. <laughs> it seems like a really ineffective way to attack somebody. Yeah. Intimidation is what it is. Oh, do you remember putting uh, playing cards in your spokes mm -hmm. on your bike as a kid? <laughs> oh, yeah. You, you held them on with a couple of clothesline uh, clothes yep. uh, clips. Yep. That's a big part of the movie, It, which they never. Uh, or the book, It, and the original movie, which they did not um, put in the new movie with the bicycle playing cards on it. 
Oh, see, no, no, you, no, you see that cliff in the background? That is not European. That is, that is America or Spain. And I really doubt they went to Spain to film this. The final challenge. Lethal cunning. Oh, you think that he would have remembered the stuff. Who, Indy or the the Doctor Jones, the the dad? Did we ever get his full name? Henry Jones Senior. Henry. Okay. Yeah. Was this the first time that Sean Connery ever showed that he was completely bald? Because so. he never had hair the whole time he was playing James Bond. It was always a toupee. Really? Yep. He looks pretty distinguished right there. <laughs> Oh, whose side are you playing for? So it's funny, when I was a kid watching this, I'm like, what's blasphemy? Yeah. I, di- I didn't get it, because I didn't go to church. I'm like, it's a new word. Yeah, I wonder, I've read um, the John Belair's books on uh, my YouTube channel, and there's a scene where this kid in a parochial school is arguing with a nun about he was accused of stealing something and he, was, he tells her that he swears to God he didn't do it. Oh, Gets in a lot of trouble. <laughs> because he swore to God. Yeah. All of a sudden that became like, weird. You don't, you, don't, you don't take that. <laughs> like I know you're trying to be serious right now but you do not say that. Well it's a nice heart to heart moment here where Indiana talks to his dad saying you know you've got this weird quest and I just don't understand what happened and mom didn't understand either and that's why she left and they turned it into a bigger it's it's between good and evil it's not so much about collecting things anymore kind of I, surprised they didn't throw the diary on that pile of books now well, what almost, I, that's what almost happened I went to Berlin and at one of the squares where they had a book burning they have a sunken library it like encased into the street and with a transparent glass window and you can look down and see these shelves of books the idea was that they may have been burned but they're not forgotten and so they've got they've got all these uh, books right there kind of preserved and then you have street vendors selling banned books ah, there as well so you cool. can so you can kind of thumb your nose to history and buy some really edgy controversial stuff uh, I bought a book called Bad News, which was a commentary on uh, censorship right there in front of the Reichstag, which made me feel pretty good. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, take that. She's there. Elsa's crying. It's nice that they don't... Spielberg could easily have shot this like... Uh... Lenny Riefenstahl shot this and make it try to look, you know, try to look beautiful and important. But you know, he he wants you to see this and go, this this is gross. This is, you know. Well, this imagery really scared me as a kid. It's like, supposed to. It, it was uncomfortable. I knew that, you know, my family history coming from that region of the world. I'm just like, ah, are we really doing this? Come on, let's just get it over with. So I was I was kind of glad that Elsa was crying. Uh, that she didn't she didn't agree with what's going on. I was really happy that Indiana was there to kind of stop the bad guy. Yeah. 
the guy playing Hitler in this played uh, Admiral Ozzel in Empire Strikes Back. Really? Yep. I will be playing uh, this this summer. Probably as this episode airs, I'll be in a play as uh, Admiral Ozzel here in Seattle. But not in a Nazi uniform. No. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I remember asking myself, boy, this guy probably doesn't get a lot of uh, different uh, job offers other than, hey, we need a Hitler. Let's call this guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anybody could look like Hitler if you make him up to, though. I I used to do uh, pub trivia all the time. Oh, yeah. And I wanted to do one where it was all, you know, famous actors dressed as Hitler to see if people could identify it. Identify that Hitler. That is just a great trope right there. Pop Anthony Hawkins played Hitler. Uh, what's his name? Um, Alec Guinness played Hitler. He put the picture of you know Chaplin dressed up like that. You are right, Mister. Mister. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know. It was after the after yeah, the Zeppelin. It was after the Zeppelin. That's I, how they I got, totally that's how apologize. They got to the coast. I apologize to the audience. I'm very <laughs> sorry that I got it wrong. I am crying puppy tears right now. Yeah. Oh. There's this air baron with this scarf and red hat. That's funny. Uh, they didn't show it very well with the, the giant portrait of, of Hitler in the airport. Um, you know, Mao was... Was Mao still alive in 89? No. Okay. But it, he only just, just died. Well, 89 was Tiananmen Square. They they yeah. had the they had Mao's tomb already in place. And Mao's tomb is in Tiananmen Square as well. But you'd see all those pictures of, you know, China that had the great big Mao portrait. Mm-hmm. It's weird, man. Nationalism's a really strange thing. It blew my mind watching this at, whoa, it's a cruise ship in the sky. And all of a sudden you can see, like, Blue the Bear coming in with this flight jacket. And instead of uh, Nazis, it would be like little warthog Zembrians, (laughs) Colonel Spigot. I saw this. Have you seen these gentlemen? (laughs) I saw this right at about the same time I saw the Rocketeer. I could never remember which Zeppelin scene was in which movie. Because back, you know, back in the late 80s, early 90s, it took a long time for stuff to come out on video. Yes. It wasn't, you know, two months like it is now. <laughs> what is this? Why are you talking to me? Great scene. Yes. He throws him out of the out of the zeppelin, and everybody pulls out their ticket. <laughs> <laughs> no ticket. No ticket. Us. <laughs> 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 the nice leather-bound luggage there. So here's my question. Did they fly a real Zeppelin for this, or is that blue screen? I'm sure it's blue screen. The practical effects are quite amazing. Yeah. It's not always shit. It's really a shame that... 
her grandfather. <laughs> she wins the next round. I was. Sean Connery was probably only in his early 60s at this point. He and, he and Harrison Ford are only 12 years apart. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yep. They really did a good job making him look and act old here. How old is he in, in this scene, the, the, the actor? I am not positive how old he was when he filmed this. Uh, I, I am betting... Uh, let's see if... Harrison Ford is now, I want to say, 76, 77-ish. So 12 years, he would have been like 60, probably. Self-reliance. It's a classic father-son conversation. You're too into your own stuff, Dad. You left just when you were becoming interested. Well, you remember that gnome in the backyard? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why did we take him on our adventures yeah. and stop oh, yeah. little photographs? <laughs> These guys. It's like, remember the time that all those pickets got kicked out of the fence down the street and I told you Larry Mondello did it and you didn't believe me? <laughs> Thought it was me. So now they're reviewing the three challenges. So the penitent, the penitent man, the word of God. And what was the third one? I can't remember the third one. It was the, walking over, wa yeah, walking the over the cabin. Yeah. yeah, he seems really enthusiastic about going through these booby traps. So, if I sent you on an international adventure to find some holy relic, and I said, "Well, Pat, there's only one drawback. When you go to find this relic, you're gonna have to to basically debug three booby traps." Yeah. Do you want to do it? I don't know. Well, it's funny because it seems like. His, his dad knows exactly how to do the thing. I mean, he, you know, he wishes so bad he was the guy that got to. Yeah, well, he did all the research. Well, at the beginning they said most archaeology is research, right? Mm -hmm. Which kind of makes me wonder, it could be kind of neat if Do uh, Dr. Jones Sr., was the researcher, and then he sent his son out on all these missions. Like, that would have been set up for a really good miniseries. So, <laughs> they eventually had to figure out how to make these guns, and they couldn't do what uh, Sean Connery's going to do with it. But yeah, when, you, when, the, when the air war first started, the technology to have it not shoot parts of your plane or blow the propeller off wasn't That's there. Right. So you had to count it out in your head. To fire those guns. Eventually they came up with the timing mechanism yep. that was tied to the engine so you could shoot through XYZ thing and not blow off your propeller. There's actual unedited footage of those guys in air combat. It is terrifying to watch. Oh, I bet. 
This is a great scene. <laughs> oh, and there it goes. And he just keeps shooting it, too. I'm sorry, son. They got us. Yeah, see, look how dry that terrain looks like. That looks like more of the Mediterranean coast. <laughs> what a lie. Where they got the inspiration to insert all these little bits of comedy is beyond me. Like the scene where they steal the car from the guy who's about to put on the right. hubcap. Yeah. It's a lot of slapstick involved. Well, and again, Spielberg had to figure out how to do that because he made that whole movie, which I've never seen, 1941, which is a great failure because all that it is is sight gags. Really? Yeah. I'll have to watch that with you. Yeah, I've never seen it. I don't know anybody that has. So it's kind of regarded as Spielberg's worst movie. John Belushi is the star of it. So there's this guy just changing his tire in the middle of somewhere. And oh! My car! That's a nice car. Here comes the airplane. Making its attack run. Yeah, you're right. I've never, you know, I've never been to Europe, of course, but very north by northwest-ish, but they're in a car, not on foot. Uh, but it does look like when you see California film, that's what the, <laughs> that is what this this area looks like. Well, the Mediterranean coast kind of looks like that too in some places, but you know, I'm sure if we looked hard on the internet, we could find out exactly where their filming locations were. <laughs> this pilot's oh, like, what the heck? Dang. Man, if I was that pilot, I'd be uh, getting ready to yeah. jump out of that plane, take my chances. <laughs> and they drop the bomb, and then they go. Sad as you know, that's that's a real thing that that would happen is you know drive it you know having a shell fall right in front of your car while you're driving. Oh yeah. See now there there's the coast. So where they came up with these uh, crazy ideas on how to get us out of a situation. Can you imagine in the writer's room saying, okay, we've got no ammo, one gun, and one airplane. Who wins? So Dr. Jones is about to pull out a, uh, a quote from <laughs> Hamlet, I No, think? from Charlemagne. Charlemagne, okay. imagine being on the model team and they say okay we want you to build an airplane that gets covered in bird carcasses and crash and the birds in the sky and all of a sudden he has a newfound respect for his pops hey he can kill people too that's not bad that that just game. looks cool with him in his tweed jacket, walking down the beach with an umbrella over his head. It's a great image. The Republic of Haiti. Hatai. Hatai. H a t a y. Yeah. Wonder is that was that a real country back? I would imagine so. The 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 guy playing the uh, the king or the sultan here. 
That's uh, Alexi Seville, who was on um, the show The Young Ones. He was the one that what he was the one that didn't live in the flat with them. That just played different characters. Gotcha. And they uh, used a member of The Young Ones in um, Last Jedi as well. Aid Edmondson was in that. Okay, so this is part of modern day Syria. For those who are not sure, this is on the coast of the Mediterranean, just below Turkey. I always remember this as being in Turkey when this, when this happens. Well, this is this is back before you had uh, you had these unified kingdoms and tribal lands rather than nations. Uh, just at the transition out of colonial colonialism. Well, they were trying to break everything up because that's what st- all of the combinations was what started World War One. Mm-hmm. Was everybody had to react to what had happened in uh, in Serbia? Hey, this guy he didn't travel very far. No. Uh, did we ever get a name for him? No, he just said he was a Templar. That looks like a more of a sailor outfit than she was wearing. <laughs> that tie is amazing. Little mandala tie. Oh, yeah. I didn't even this notice guy, that before. I think he's just, you know, a white British guy, but he looks enough like he's, um, like he could be. Uh, Middle Eastern. Yeah. That he can, you know, kind of deliver these lines. Um, this yeah, is where, this is where the movie always. John Ryan me. Davis. I mean, he was in Sliders too. Yes, Remember he was. that? That was a fun show. I love the episode where he shows up and everybody thinks he's Pavarotti. Yeah. He's really tall. Six one. Yeah. Right now he's 75. He's from Salisbury, United Kingdom. Oh, if you're looking people up, look up how old uh, Sean Connery was in 89. Yeah, I'll do that. I want to see what his uh, ancestry is. This is what I'm looking up. Now that I don't believe that they would do, that her whole chest and neck would be exposed like that and what they're Oh, with the doing. sun? Yeah. yeah. She would have had some kind of a leather uh, jerkin or something on. <laughs> so they're, they're looking for this valley, is that it? Yep, the Valley of the Crescent Moon. So do you know where Tanzania is? In so much as yeah, as what would I be able to locate it on a map? Yes. So this is originally where where he's from. Oh, okay. His family, and that is in South Central Africa. Okay. And they gained independence from Britain in 1961. So that explains your your British connection and his uh, his uh, ethnic background as well. So I'm sorry, who was the other person? How old was Sean Connery in 89? So, these are more Templars firing at the caravan. Yeah. So he was born in 1930. So he was 59. 59, yeah. 
They'll be 90 next year. Oh, he's tall too. Six foot two inches. He does not look like a tall guy. No, they did a good job of making it look like he's little compared to his son. Um, oh, I hear they had the, the, the generic scream. Did you hear it? Yeah, the Wilhelm scream. The Wilhelm scream. I love the Wilhelm scream. So that means Harrison Ford was born in 42. Yep. That's right. So he's 77 now. That is correct. But he was 47 when this movie came out. Did you know Shaq is uh, just a foot taller at uh, seven one, huh. so Harrison Ford is also six one. So this is why, this is why those three actors look normal, is because they're all relatively the same height. Huh. Because back then these men would be giants. Because back then where most men were five, five eight, five nine, five ten. Climb into the tank. This just seems like a very uncomfortable big, and hot yeah. scene. A big tank. I big mean, tank, yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's also, well, A, it's mood made for movies, but B, probably also meant as a troop transport. Yeah. There's a submarine ride at Disneyland that you get into, similar to the way they got into this. Not fun to get in and out of. What, was there some guy just smacking you with a leather glove? <laughs> Get in there! Yeah. You can fit! Your turn! Yeah, Disneyland's not too too far away from that. I'm kidding. We love Disneyland. Please don't delete our podcast. I, uh, I had a lot of fun at Disneyland. The only ride that didn't have a line was the Flume Ride. Uh, what was it? Splash Mountain? Oh, I rode Splash Mountain so many times. Yeah. Went on it uh, at midnight on my last... There you go. There was a a side trip we made to Six Flags where we got to ride the Superman ride. And when we returned, so it it was this big car that held probably about 40 people. And it went straight and up a track. And we went up maybe about, it seemed like 10 stories. And then it would fall back, so they would give you the illusion of up, up, and away. But when it came back, it would not, uh, it didn't reset correctly. And they said, well, we can wait for the maintenance guy to come out and reset the ride to let you all out. Or we can just run it again and hope it resets itself. (laughs) And so we all took a vote by hands, and everyone was like, yeah, let's go a second time. When I was on the, uh, one of the times I rode the Incredicoaster, um, I told my nephew about about this and it would get, get him really excited. Basically, it it starts, there's some dialogue about how the baby ran away and then you're going to chase the baby and so so the coaster stops for a second and Dash goes, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, go! And it just, because it's a speed roller coaster, it's not a gravity roller coaster. Gotcha. It just shoots off. But one of the times, it... It didn't, like, after the announcement was made twice, and they're like, well, I guess if he clad, we're stuck here and not. <laughs> that is hilarious. This poor guy, he's stuck in the car. I was just, 
aghast by the lack of empathy for people on your own side. I mean, these are really ruthless dudes. Yeah. Very smart here. He's going to put a rock in the barrel. Now, in real life, he has to probably pick up like five or six rocks. Oh, no, this one's too small. Right, perfect. This one's too big. Why these guys are still alive, but not for long. Oh, crushing crunch, crunch. That's definitely a super tank. I don't think the fire department really liked uh, that scene right there. I don't. I don't know why, but the the, the the tank chase has never done it for me. Really? Always kind of zone out. So I remember watching a behind the scenes. Uh, video of, of this scene right here and uh, the hat kept on coming off and I don't know if it was a staged joke or if he was serious but you saw Harrison Ford put on the hat and then he staples the hat yep. to his forehead yeah, I remember that too and, and I'm just thinking to myself oh that gotta hurt this yeah. guy is tough as nails he is tough as nails he's the, he's the, he's the last gunslinger right here <laughs> you think he's a cowboy? Oh, for sure. Well, geez, even when he's got dementia, he still flies airplanes and crashes them. Right. So <laughs> I don't think he has dementia. So in this scene right here, he's gonna get off the horse and he's gonna hold on to the onto uh, this exploded gun barrel. And in the behind the scenes uh, section, they just show an army of guys with shovels shoveling dirt onto Indiana Jones huh. as the as the tank drives by the edge to indicate oh my gosh did he just kill like yeah. four people it's terrible they're gonna run out of goons I didn't think about um, the other the other sort of Nazi movie that um, Spielberg did although I don't really think of it as that is Saving Private Ryan yeah. That one was hard to watch. Yeah. You know, I talked to my grandpa about that one, and he said that he had a hard time watching it because it wasn't so much the visual effects that seemed so real, it was the sounds. Yep, and they so, worked really hard on that. So the sounds hitting metal oh my God, was yeah. causing flashbacks, yeah. and, and he, he had to leave. Well, we saw it. My dad and I saw that, and I think it was... 20 years ago that came out, it was 99, and we saw it in the theater, and I said, you know, we got to call, you know, my grandparents and tell them not to go. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's going to get a concussion. Bam! Right in the back of the head. Hit the abdubla amlagata, which regulates uh, all your involuntary body functions. Here's another pen is greater than the sword joke. So yeah. his first kill was with the Charmel, Char, Charlemagne quote. And his second kill is going to be with India ink. Now why that would knock him unconscious, I have no idea how that works. 
<laughs> I, love oh. De- I love Denholm Elliott's voice. I don't think anybody else could have said it and had it work that way. Nope, not at all. There go all your goons. There'll be more goons, though, once they get to their base. Now this, this is the army of shovels is about to come in. Have you ever done uh, stage fighting before? A teeny little bit, just with, uh, just with foil swords. How would you, how would you know not to overact and seriously hurt the other person? That's what I don't get. Practice and timing, you do it the same way every night. Dump your shovel, okay. Dump your shovel! Alright, number two guy, dump your shovel! So something tells me that leather strap strap should have broken by now. It was good leather. Yeah. They made stuff to last back then. It's ironic they allow him to go on for that long if they just shoot him. Oh, there's our truth and consequences moment. The the dumb luck. He's got a lot of dumb luck. My favorite dumb luck situation of Indiana Jones is in the first movie where they jump out of the airplane and they don't have a parachute but they have a boat. Yeah. Again, suspend disbelief. Somebody was talking about how when you write themes for your characters, they have to be variable. Because if Ah. if you've got the Lone Ranger doing something heroic in a movie, it's only going to last as long as you know the Washington Post March lasts. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine the road rash of being? drug on one of those. Yeah. And this is where... He wouldn't be okay for a long time. And this is where Sean Connery got his incurable hemorrhoids. Yeah. So these two guys fighting it out. I mean, in context, when it's just really okay to kill lots of people... Always going up and over the edge. Get off that boat. There it goes. Now, how much of this was real and how much of that was effects? That's an effect. Yeah. That's a model. That's a model. Yeah. But for half of that, it looked like they drove a real tank over the side. Yeah, they did. Beautiful valley. Reminds me of uh, John Day in Oregon, if you know where that is. Yep. Yeah? Cool. You know they have a beautiful, uh, they put in a beautiful fossil museum there in the last 10 years. Did they really? Yeah. So there was, a long time. There was always a really big uh, uh, dig project going there, but mm-hmm. uh, they finally found the funding to put in a, a museum to, dis- to display their local finds. That'd be great to take Reese there. My nephew, your grandson. And this is something that 
I don't understand. I never understood as a child, and I still don't understand to this day how the heroes can grieve over the loss of a fallen comrade, but they, and, and in the same breath, they just killed twenty people with no problems <laughs> yeah. whatsoever. I and I, I, I would grieve for murdering anyone, no matter who they were. To bring it back to um, what we, um, the next generation episode where Riker confronts his father about all that happened between them. And Kyle Riker is just like, you know, I got, I got over this a long, long time ago. Yeah. That whole five minutes would have been enough speech. He hasn't, see, he hasn't seen his son since his son was 17. He hasn't seen him since if you use the continuity, since he left to go to, the, to, go to war. Yeah, right. <laughs> so he had, he's had the five minutes would have been enough realization already so I think we're just about to start the final act of this yeah. movie I've I remember having to watch this movie in shifts because it would, oh there's the hatch rolls up because you would have these periods of build up energy then rest and then build up high energy and rest like it was almost like a uh, like a graph of of exercise. So you got to reconnect. Oh, this right here is near Monument Valley on the Navajo Nation. Oh, I forget what it's called, though. But this is actually in Arizona. But that temple is in the Middle East. I think. Yeah, the temple is in the Middle East. But this right here is in Arizona. Huh. In fact, I'll look up the name. This building just blew my freaking mind. It should. I mean, just who took the time to build this? And apparently, it was part of a city. And another and another commentary on Nazism is that they were trying to build things like this that they thought would last for two thousand years, right. and yeah. nothing and nothing that they built did. Yeah, now that you say that, it's really obvious that like <laughs> they're they're not there like at all. Like the music? Yeah. That's not like John Williams to pull it, pull out uh, non-orchestra music pieces. Well, because we're now in the realm of the spiritual. And, geez, I don't know why. See, I thought they killed everybody in the convoy. And then, look, they have a whole new, fresh uh, resupply of hired goons. Yeah. Now... I was saying to Matt that I bet this soundstage here, I don't know how how well either one of you remembers Superman 3, the, the oh, cave with the computer in yes. it. I'm sure this is that same set. And just re Yeah, just, just a redressed set of that supercomputer cave. Yeah. So this is in Petra, Jordan, by the way. Um, this uh, it's Canyon of the Crescent Moon. Uh, they were in Moab, Utah, at the opening huh. in Seven Mile Canyon, in Arches National Park. It, I called it. Yeah. Yeah, look at that. Uh, this is where we. St I start getting flashbacks of Goonies every time I watch this act. 
I could see that. It was also Spielberg and money. Mm-hmm. The uh, airport in uh, the Berlin airport was actually the uh, administration building on Treasure Island, San Francisco. <laughs> Just in case you're wondering. Then the inside of the airport was uh, in the Royal Horticulture Hall in London. The beach where he quoted uh, Charlemagne was in Spain, by the way. Okay. Yeah. Impossible? What do you say, Jones? Ready to go down in history? A Nazi stooge like you. Nazis? Those guys, we're not here for them. We're going to outlive the Nazis. <laughs> the look on his face is just like, oh, that guy looks important. I wonder if he has a point. Yeah. <laughs> Hitler can have the world, but he can't take it with him. All of a sudden, I'm reminded of Charlie Chaplin as Hitler bouncing that gigantic globe on his butt. Yeah. Adnoid Hinkle was the name of that character. Adnoid Hinkle. Yep. There was something about your Jones. You're absolute cute. Well, I mean, he got to the point. Do you think they would have they would have argued it out no, if he hadn't shot Henry Jones? That Henry Jones was going to be the one to go through all the traps. He would have been the best person to send. Being he's the author of all this material. But that would have taken away from the hero's quest. How cool would it have been if it was Dr. Jo- uh, Indiana that was shot and Dr. Jones went? So he's, he's forced to go on this quest. And it can't be a real long quest because his dad's dying. Yeah, when it you, seems like it goes on forever. Well, when yeah. you get shot in the gut, that's that's a bleeding wound. That's right. You you can't stop it. He should have shot him in the leg and said, "Okay, well, we're gonna let out this tourniquet off <laughs> yeah. if you don't come back in ten minutes, and we're I gonna know. let him bleed out." It's the first time I've noticed that tiger, whatever it was. In yeah, it's very series. much something that whoever designed the set designed. It doesn't look like anything in the ancient world. He was a big fan of UB40. If you uh, ever listen to the show Hollywood Babylon, this is the line that they always quote when they're making fun of Harrison Ford and how mumbly he is. A penitent man penitent shall man, pass. Penitent, penitent, penitent man. Yeah. Penitent man. So. I hope you brought your sheet music. The keyboard, the organ with the bony fingers yeah. is just to the left. Son of Jarrell. <laughs> He's on the right. If we press the wrong button, we'll all be flat. Is there a common name for sound stages? I know in Star Trek they just called it Planet Hell. I guess it depends on the sound stage. The first thing I asked was, how in the world can this bandsaw, I know this is, saw this is a trick because it's like even if you're on your knees that other thing comes up yeah, yeah. cuts you in half and do you know how long they've had to keep that running for that was <laughs> yeah. that was the uh, 
the the guardian's real job. He was the maintenance guy for two thousand years. I had to keep these rotary right. saws going. Well, that was the that was what I was going to say. Is that the reason that the thing comes up is because it's like if you're on your knees, you can launch yourself out of the way. But if you were a Muslim and were humble before God, you'd be on your belly. Oh, oh, that's some analysis there. I don't know if I want to unpack that. <laughs> So now he's got to play what floor floor uh what's that game where you stand don't, on the colors? Don't crack the ice. Don't crack the ice meets <laughs> Twister. Good thing he's not missing a leg or is in a wheelchair. J. Nope. Not J. Okay, I didn't make it. Yeah. Next. Somewhere within this windy valley. <laughs> in Wookiee, it'd yeah. be a whole floor of W's <laughs> and yeah. H's. Whoa! So, a little bit of a spoiler, but Donovan, he's following behind. How would he have known to walk over the correct letters? Because he was still close enough to Henry Jones. To oh. I, I love this effect. You could never figure out as a kid how they did this. Good CGI. Yeah. Was before CGI was really a coherent thing. But it still looks good 30 years later. So he's got this canyon he's got to go over. Some nice uh, forest perspective. And you must hurry. Bring bring a few tall cans on your way back. Yeah. The party's dying out here. We need you. So believe in what? Believe that there is a bridge there? Or... <clears throat> that he believes in God. An interesting parallel with this and the Amazing Stories episode where he has to believe that there's really landing gear on the airplane. Yeah. Because this, there is, there literally is a walkway here. It's not an actual leap of faith. They could, they could have had that where he, where he, where he does have to go, okay, I can, you know, God will, God will carry me and I have to really believe that that's the case. But no, there's a, and there's the just walkway. a forced perspective yeah. painting right there on the cell. So I want to say that CGI right there, I could be way off. But it looks like they just laid down a textured image on top of a blue screen walkway. Meanwhile, Dad's still bleeding out. Yeah. La 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 la. And that's just obviously ridiculous. This blue screen. That looks cool. I like it when movies have budgets for good effects. Otherwise you get stuff like Ice Pirates. <laughs> oh, so many Pepsi and Coke commercials I based know. off of this guy. You must choose, but choose wisely. I've been paying this whole time. Where's the tab? 
So this just would have been this about the same time as uh, Back to the Future? The Back to the Future 2, yeah. Same summer. So this is 89? Yep. Not 85? Yeah. Alright, so yeah, I I did see this in the theater then. I eventually saw it in the theater. I got to see it at Cinerama when I was in high school. Wow, you, you went to Cinerama? Yeah. Wow. Cinerama, for those who don't know, is kind of the... Uh, it's the place to see movies here in Seattle if you want a premium experience. And they've got one in California, I'm pretty oh, sure. Do, there's, do a, there's a couple. Is yeah. it a chain? I thought it was just yes. that one that one theater. Yeah, it's a, it existed to a larger extent in the 60s, I want to say. And then that, it went, that format of movie went away. So here this poor guy is thinking Indiana Jones is there to relieve him as the keeper. Because he was too old to lift his sword anymore. It's like the, the, that immortality is not very good because you lose your <laughs> strength. <laughs> you lose your range of motion. Yeah. These two just still look fabulous. I like the clean, pure light on the night. That's pretty good. What is it? You must choose. But choose wisely. Pizza Hut was a big, big marketer of this scene, too. <laughs> I'm just thinking of all the people that were like, Oh, I get it. It's a plate, not a cup. <laughs> I'm going to take one of the plates. <laughs> Drink out of that. Yeah. I don't get it. <laughs> it's a trick question. <laughs> it's what a Star Lord would have done. <laughs> Reminds me of the uh, Return to Oz film. Yes. And they had a room full of glittering delights. Very similar to this. You had to t tap them and say Oz to see if they were the transformed friends. Yeah. And then, of course, they directly steal the uh, quick transference scene. So, in the previous movie, they're all wax and they melt. Here, I think it's, what, rapid aging? Yeah. Well, the cool thing is he doesn't have to worry about his retirement plan. I feel good. It's like I'm drinking 7-Up. He's processing it. Did he make the good choice? He's waiting for something to happen. Oh, he feels something. Character acting. Something's wrong. She betrayed him. Yeah. No answer. So, if he drank quickly from the correct cup, would this be reversed? No. Wow. And he ages super quick. And essentially, he's starving to death. Wow. Tales from the Crypt, anybody? Yeah. He chose poorly. He chose poorly. 
I've seen it happen a lot. Frankly, I don't know if the cup of Christ is there. Well, now he's got to choose. I I don't understand this logic at all. I uh, that's what I always thought when I was a kid too. Like, what? How would he know? And it's still gold leafed. And carpenters, you know, they don't just gold leaf their wood. <laughs> Give it to Elsa. Yeah, they were probably, you know, in the in the desert at the Last Supper. They were probably drinking out of wi- of wine skins that they were right, <laughs> passing right. around. They would. I don't know why they would have had cups. Yeah. Sorry, Mental. folks, for the pounding. Uh, the upstairs neighbor is pacing today. Oh, it perfectly balances the front door opening too. So yeah, there you go. We're all good. So he finds it. And it turns out it's actually hydrogen peroxide. (laughs) It does, yeah, right on the wound. But, you know, before I knew how it worked, I thought that was just really cool magic effect. Like, how did they get water to fizz like that? I actually thought it was club soda that they poured on him. Oh. It's nice that the rules of it work that... Yes, it will like heal your wound, and it'll and the wound will stay healed, but you just can't live forever if you. Well, carry it out. he was supposed to live forever, so you think that uh, when he leaves, I mean, maybe that's why they keep on making these fucking movies. Excuse <laughs> my language, <laughs> is that you know Harrison Ford's not going to die. A man that never died. They had to kill him off. Sean Connery's still alive, too, 30 years later. Yep. Not doing much acting, though. Nope. He quit after uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. 2012, I want to say? Oh, that was a lot earlier than 2012. I want to say that was 2004. So there's all these guys. They realize they're immortal, so they run away. Run away! Run away! We're on a quest for the Holy Grail. What is your favorite color? Green. No, blue. She had... Ilsa really had less of a character than any of the other Indiana Jones women. She's the most interesting looking of the group, but... I don't understand why she wanted to take it out of the temple. Couldn't she just go she back? Saw, she saw firsthand what happened to um, Donovan. So yeah. she has no reason to think anything good is going to happen with her taking it out. But she could have just run right back to that font of holy water and guzzled a couple of gallons and yeah. would have been like, okay, I'm good for the rest of my life. Like, what was the need of taking it out of the temple? So now we have the last action scene. The ground is split. They're trying to get the cup. This is the classic temptation battle. Sweetie, I can't hold you. There she goes. Wherever General Zod ended up at the end of Superman 2.
So, do you think this is an act of temptation? Like, you think they're being compelled to go after this cup, or they? Just... Yeah, because it's. I think it's because it exists, and because you can see it, you're going to be tempted toward it. Because evil has to have its hand in it on some level. Oh, are we calling it evil? No, I'm saying that because of the kind of an object it is, evil has just as much of a pull to it as good. That's good. Okay. So it's the temptate. It's the temptation factor that's there. Well, what broke that temptation was that Father Jones here used Indiana Jones's full name. Which I never thought name. of until I watched that yeah. documentary. Really that glad... never, ever occurred to me. Yeah, they pointed it out. It was great. Now he's off to a career in sponsoring Burger King. <laughs> wonder if that uh, actor's still alive who played the... Uh... I want to say he just died recently. He did some other... Stuff. I'm going to go back to PBS. Yeah. So there we go. And Petra. Oh, I forgot to bring up the name of that, uh, of the caves they were in. Also, probably not in Jordan, I'm assuming. No, it's done in Arizona. Um, I'll find it here. And he's like... And to that to that end, what I'm also... The look on Indy's face, he goes, he's thinking, shit, so did I. My dad actually thinks something of me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I oh. found a prize, too. <laughs> oh. Burn. Burn. What's his name? Junior. This is funny because they showed that in all the previews. The, we named the dog Indiana. It's one of the last lines of the movie. Actually, I don't think that uh, this tunnel here was filmed in Arizona. I think that was actually part of Petra. Huh. Yeah. No, I'm I'm mistaken. It's called the Mountain Pathway Down to the Great Treasury. Is the name of this of this little thing here? My bad. Well, there it is. Yep. Off into the sunsetish. Great ending. I I'm I'm hoping you know the. The final film will come up with a good compromise between this and Indiana Jones getting married and his son catching his hat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of throwing the bouquet, you're throwing the hat? No, his hat blows in the, the fourth one. His hat blows off. His kid ends up picking it up. Well, here we go. This is another nugget of our childhood. It has come and gone. I always feel good about the score. John Williams is always as outdoes as outdoes himself sometimes. Well, Michael Moore. I'll pick up that Michael Moore. No, I hope not. Yes, it, <laughs> yes, it was, and I wish I got more credit for it. <laughs> so we've got United Kingdom, United States. Yeah. Off into the sunset. This could have easily been a comic book. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the 
and Ben Barrett as sound design, who is one of the greatest sound designers ever. He also designed uh, a movie that I cannot recommend enough is um, Red Tails by George Lucas, the uh, movie about the Tuskegee Airmen. Oh, yeah. The highly fictionalized account of the Tuskegee Airmen. But if you want to see the Tuskegee Airmen basically fight World War II like it's Star Wars with those level of special effects and that level of sound, holy smoke, is that a good movie. Vastly, vastly underrated. And I want to say Ben Burt directed that movie. But I know George Lucas produced it. There's a guy there named Trevor Butterfield. Yeah. My friend, um, my friend Jay, who is yeah. Armenian, always makes, if you go to a movie with her, you have to stay until she sees an Armenian name in the credits. That's one of my favorite things to do when Jim and I go see a movie is we'll just start playing the name game of who we can find. Lil Heyman. Yeah, there's a Germany location manager. The Jack Dula. Helmut. That's a good old German name right there, Helmut. Yeah. I thought it'd be always cool to be a carpenter for a movie firm. All the sets you get to build and design. That would be great. I can almost hear Star Wars in this music. Yeah. Well... What do we got coming up next, Patrick? Well, as Short Leave continues, we have at least two more movies we want to bring to you, which is All Dogs Go to Heaven and uh, Pet Cemetery. That's right. But uh, yeah, other than that, we've uh, we've enjoyed uh, spending, we've enjoyed watching this movie with you. It's probably up in my top five movies of all time. Probably number one for Steven Spielberg. Yeah, I would have to say these are... I'll always carry these films with me. I mean, when they re-release them in 4K, I'll probably buy it when I get a 4K TV. Uh, it's uh, Harrison Ford. He's just one of those guys that... He's got... It stays around. He stays around. The, the All the movies he, he's made just don't go away. Um, so, there we go. Well... With that, we want to say thank you very much. Uh, you can catch our normal podcast show, which is called Next Generation's First Generation, uh, where we review uh, Next Generation as a perspective of child and adults and kind of reconcile everything in between. Uh, we are guests here on the Two True Freaks Network, uh, so thank you very much to those folks. Yep. And, and check uh, out... Um... I do uh, co-hosting duties over on um, Weekly Heroics with uh, Scott and Chris. And if you like movie commentaries, there's Commentary Monthly Mondays. There's also Star Trek Monthly Mondays and the awesome show Listen to the Prophets, where we're going through next the Star Trek The Next Generation. They, Paul, Andy, uh, Dave, and Bill are watching Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Well, with that, we're going to just leave you to enjoy Allison this. Duty. I thought her first name was Duty. Oh, Duty? Oh, no. <laughs> with, it, with that, we're going to say see you later, and we'll just let you enjoy this beautiful music and have a wonderful day. Yes. Larry Sanders was in there. <laughs> oh, look, they've got the scouts, one and two.
young officer at Castle, tank driver, Gestapo, film director. Hey, wait a minute. Here's your loyal stunt cast. Look at that, Chuck Waters and Joan Haley. For a there second there, I thought headache, Chunk Jones. Just a gigolo. <laughs> for a second there, I thought, I thought I saw Chuck Jones. Like, all of a sudden, Tom and Jerry be running across the stage. And uh, did Industrial Light and Magic do their thing? Yep. And they credit uh, Philip Kaufman, who worked on the first movie. So the scenic railroad was in New Mexico. Huh. In Utah. I wonder if uh, they borrowed a lot of the cast from... Uh, from... Um, Back to the Future. Could be. Ballantine novelization from Ballantine books. Valentine, okay. yeah. Ballantine. I don't know who wrote the novelization of it. Uh, Nothing there. in print of Indiana Jones that I ever liked. No. There it is. That's a sad note. Finny. Well, folks, see you later.